Rolling. Uh, any cars around Fairhouse there? We need a car in Fairhouse. Uh, pick up about quarter one, please. <laughs> Live from Jibbler's Bell. I must find the answer. From the Fairly Astronomical Telescope. You are the disastrous. The Friday Rock Show goes into the black. black. With the Star Geezers. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Friday Rock Show, live from Jibbler's Bell. Woo! I'm Adrian Byrne, and with me, a man who would love to journey to Uranus and expose the dark side of the moon. It's Tony Titan Wilson! Yay! On tonight's show, we have music from Van Halen, Hawthorne Heights, Panic at the Disco, and Electric Eel Shock. Yuck! What time You're back! Also tonight, we have Within Temptation, Texas Hippie Coalition, Lordy and Aquabats. Yes! On the show, we'll be joined by Professor Brini Mox flying in after his facial operation. Tonight, we are Stargazers, and we'll be heading outside for some stargazing on Jibbler's Bell. For now, let's just unbuckle Van Halen's belt. He's showing It's Dave Lee Madness.
think you fun enough. Space man, that was Van Halen united again, ripping off the united. old demos to scissors kick into 2012 with their new album, A Different Kind of Truth. It's a different kind of truth, alright. But right. where's Michael Anthony, huh? He got too much allowed Jack Daniels and went off for the wiggly. Crazy stuff. Rock and fucking roll. Welcome along to the Friday Rock Show. Tonight, me and Tony are at the Fairly Astronomical Telescope, which is located in Gibbler's Bell. It's not like he's reading off the page or not. You know where you are. And that's the Fat Telescope. For sure. For start. We've invited along the general public to the tonight's live show so they can interact with us here on the Friday Rock Show and later on they'll be having a Q&A with Professor Brainy Mox. No specific individuals, only the general public. I'll be interviewing tonight the world-renowned Professor Brainy Mox who's flying in uh, by helicopter <laughs> after his recent facial operation. Yeah, we have to say that he is looking a bit different. And I look forward to talking to Brini later on in the show. And you have to be nice to him because he's a bit sensitive. Just but like you, Aiden. Oh, I am. I'm a sensitive kind of soul. So you tonight are. we are bringing science to your doorstep, trying to expand your mind in regards to astronomy and you know getting to know our solar system and stuff you might know about. Here's Larry, Aiden. Larry, first Larry. On Yay! The <laughs> but enough with the science for now. Let's have a letter. Yes. How are you, boys and girls? <laughs> Sometimes the wheels in my head spin off their axis and all sorts of mehemory breaks loose. It usually happens when I've been drinking a bit too much. An example of this was very recently when I had the occasion to go out and celebrate the birth of my niece. It was a wondrous occasion as she was born okay with no bits missing and all the cogs were working in the right way in her brain. Ah! <gasps> I have no kids myself as romance has eluded me. <laughs> Peter is always destined to be lonesome. This Sunday, I was visiting all the lovely drink houses of the town. Sure, I was having the great crack, singing and telling stories of some of my happenings. They all loved Peter's stories, as there was much laughter sitting there in my Sunday finery with a big pint of Smithwick's. Oh, that's, that's what you want <coughs> on a Sunday with Smithies. Ah, oh, much contentery was felt in Peter's heart. Bedtime must come to all days, though, and the time comes for the pubs to close. It was time to head for the chippers to get some food to smoke up all of the barrelry. <laughs> we went to Dolly's Fast Food Emporium, fine purveyor of greasy food since 1980. <laughs> I ordered myself a gorgeous spice burger and spicy chicken wings. A bollocks! <laughs> I was standing waiting patiently for my lovely spice burger and the barbecue wings when I felt a fart coming on. I tried to push her out all sneaky like, but as I started to muffle a tiny groan, I accidentally pissed myself, cursed daddy's big buckle belt on it. A small stream strickled down and pulled down next to me best shiny leather shoe. A young girl next to me covered her face and shouted, Oh my god, stop it, I said. She was trying to get me into trouble. Dolly peered over the counter. Oh my God, get that horrible man out of my chippers, she cried. Her son came from behind the counter and wrestled me out the door. An ox of a boy he was. I couldn't stop him. I fell forward onto the pavement. Her son was lashing the kicks into my stomach. Martin Mack was standing outside. He pulled out his mobile and he took some pictures of the kicks and boxes that was putting the pain into me. Stop her, I cried. It was only an accident. I only wanted some food to fill the empty belly. Martin was applauding his 
pictures to his Webbery Facebook page saying Payer was getting killed and all he wanted was a chicken wing. <laughs> Big Dolly's son left me on the pavement with a sore stomach and a wet leg. I think I had some follow through as well. Payer was fucking angry. Suddenly, some kids with hoodies riding bikes pulled up. Are you alright, Mr. Farr? We're seeing the pictures on Facebook. That was fucking fast. These modern phones are phantasmagorical. No, I'm alright. I'm as mad as a bull. I emptied the whiskey from my hip flask onto the rubbish in the wheelie bin in the alley beside Dolly's and set it out with my cigarette lighter. That fucker went ablaze. <laughs> 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 then I wheeled it to the door of the chippers. People inside were screaming. Dolly tried to pour out the flames in a rag, but it caught fire. She panicked and flung it into the air. Then it landed in the fryer. Everybody out, she screamed. The young lads on the bikes were taking pictures and texting. I was feeling the urge to run off on my ten-speed racer. Then the window of Dolly's sure blew out and knocked me off my feet. As I lay there, rat-faced hoodies were appearing from every alleyway and dark corner. The chippers was ablaze. Dolly's was gone forever. I heard a smash of glass. My mind was a muddle. What the fuck was going on? The hoodies were gone mad. They were smashing up the wise old pound shop and they were coming over with armfuls of dream catchers, axe deodorant, toilet roll, coffee mugs and VHS videotapes. No, no, no. Peter was responsible for all this blubbery. Smash! Trixie Porter's window was gone. His bar shop was being ransacked. Young lads were putting on brand new Nike Air trainers so they could run faster from the guards. Next to go was Mumford's clothes store. The young anarchists were running through the streets with woolen wear and flowery dresses. Mayhem! Mayhem! Oh, Peter had to get out of there. The town was like a war zone by the time Richard Gilbert arrived. His sirens were blazing on his guard car, backed up by a paddy wagon. Richard stopped out and surveyed the scene. Surely he had seen worse in Bosnia. Suddenly, bottles of green diesel with flaming rags were raining down on his head. He got back into his car sharpish. A tractor was rocking in the square. Young lads were pushing it until it overturned and they set it on fire. <laughs> I go up and ran quite fast from a 10-speed racer. I go up and I, and I pedalled. I pedalled as fast as I could. The sounds of glass smashing and sirens were filling the distance behind me. As I looked back, there was an orange glow, the colour of my hair above the town. Next day, the local times was full of it. They were calling it the Chicken Wing Riots. They were interviewing one of the kids in the street and they asked him what they thought had happened. What had caused the havocry? Did he think it was because of the assaultation on Peter Farr? I don't know, he said. There's nothing much to do around here, though. Who's Peter Farr? I nearly spout a mouthful of chocolate Cheerios with the chokery. What's going wrong with the children's? Anyway... <laughs> Can you play me the Iron Maiden's wildest dreams for me? Sincerely yours, <laughs> Peter fucking Farrer. Oh, Peter! Jesus Christ, only Peter Farrer could fart in the chipper and cause a riot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dolly's gone. Gone forever. Can't believe it. Okay. Dwelling into Dolly's. It's time for some music and it's Panic at the Disco. <laughs> it's the usual disco now, Tom. The hoodie. The rat face hoodie. I reckon it.
In Zibler's band, it's me and Aisin At the fairly astronomical telescope With Billy Maxwell There you go, that was some staunch giddiness there from the American duo's third album, Voices and Virtues. Panic in the disco! The one that had them tonguing on the dance floor in Cats. It's the current single, ready to go. What's next, Tony? Hey, it's half a face gone, but he's still with us. It's Brainy Box. But look, shh, we shouldn't say it's too loud because he's then giving a lecture. Next way, we're talking to Brady Mox now. Oh my god, I'm no, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not. You're not going to speak to him, we're just going to eavesdrop on him because he's, as I said, he's a bit sensitive. So we're just going to go up to the lecture hall, right? Cool. And then we're just going to listen to him. He's giving a lecture now to the public all about Gibbler's Bell and the fairly astronomical telescope where we are today, tonight now. So let's go live to the lecture hall and listen to Brady Mox. Uh, going all the way back to the start of the universe, the Big Bang. So, so what is the evidence for the Big Bang? What was it? When did it happen? But most crucially, how do we know? Because those, these things that I'm saying, how did the moon uh, begin? How was the moon created? How was the universe The moon created? is a wonderful building. They sound like questions that are incredibly difficult to go about answering, and indeed they are difficult questions to answer. So all the way through this lecture, and I think all the way through your science careers, which I hope will be long, I hope many of you will want to become scientists, I think it's worth always like bearing in mind that it's an astonishing thing that these are astonishing facts that we've learned know. and the way that we learned them is probably well i would say certainly more important than remembering those facts. so i will keep referring to that all the way through the talk you know how did we know that uh, what is the process that led us to these astonishing conclusions mm-hmm. um, just to kind of whet your appetite it's worth Thinking about the journey that we we've made me up there, to really. understanding these things throughout human history, or even beginning to talk about things like when did the universe begin? How did it begin? How big is the universe? Astonishing questions, because our oldest known the A&M universe began so back the, the in 1987. Actually, before our two lads started in an art class drawing sheep and farmers engaging with each other in the woods. Well, they're only three and a half million years old. Uh, these are the footprints that were found Easy, in Tanzania. We'll let him on, we'll let him on, we'll let him on now. Come on, come on. We'll, we'll talk to him later. Don't interrupt him. Come on now. Okay, okay so interesting on, stuff there. And we'll be hearing more from Professor Brady Mox later. Um, I think it's time now for a little promo of United Mutations, forthcoming from AM Studios. Ratchley. Don't you go next door to that bastard. I know that they're feeding you, turning you against me. One man and his cat. Ginger! Ginger! Come back here! Where curiosity could kill them both. 
no, no, no. Wait, hey, stop it. You can't. Patrick, mommy, no, help, help, Ginger. One man and his destiny. Gabler! To discover the truth. Ginger! Gabler! Ginger! Whizz! Into the skies! A flying bucket! Whizz! Gone! Mammy! Sweets! Shut up, Laura! One man and a long lost legacy. Baldy! They took Baldy and Laura and my Ginger in their ship. That was right in front of his face. Day Busher, and the Super Lawns. You have to go see Tucker, Harley or Jagger. They still survive, I hope. I know you, Busher. It's written all over your face. Shut up, mad lad, and take me to Tucker! Nedward Busher is on a quest to get Ginger the Cat back. I love her! She's my best friend! You never believed us, Busher. You, like the rest of them, you never understood. Now he must fight to win back everything. I need to get Ginger back, that's all! Take me as ever, Warner! The Savage Garden awaits. This is it! Me versus me own mind! Man versus wild! Us versus them! But, but with some of them as well! Are you as crazy enough to do it? Cause I will! Eh, I will do it! Right! I will get in that yoke! I will be a hero! Oh. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I wanna live with Ginger forever Until the vets take her away from me I will go to the Savage Garden! I will get Ginger back! Mummy! We love you all! To the Savage Garden! United Mutations Part 1 Buy it now. Did anyone bring sandwiches? Dark Knight Rises, The Avengers, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Smurfs 2, fuck them all! The United Mutations, that's the one you want to see this year. So over being sick. So sick of this relationship Go get a doctor in an ambulance I need your kiss, it's the medicine It gets me moving, going back and forth Everybody grab a map and help me chart the course I brought a compass, it's reading north It doesn't really matter if it's back and forth I thought that I should tell you
<laughs> that's Hawthorne Heights from their fourth album Skeletons and the Skeletons. first sunbathing single off it Nervous Breakdown full of green jumpers that smell of rancheros oh yeah and that sleek geek quintet is named after author Nathaniel Hawthorne the same writer of the Scarlet Letter we were not in school the day we learned that Tony, have we time for another letter? Absolutely, there's always a time for another letter. Here it is. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt Professor Brainy Mox. No, no, he's all right. He's off in the other end of the Gibbler's Bell. He's in the helmet. Hello, gents. <laughs> now, he's coming or going? I used to say that all the time in my job, but that was long ago. Yep, with the way things are these days, I'm not sure who's coming or going at all. No! <laughs> oh no! That's because it got so different since then. I mean, there's nothing I like more than to every day take a nice brisk walk down by the river. Yeah. Every day, without fail. No! That's all I can do now to interact. Why? And my cocker spaniel Mushy loves to splash in the water. Loves no splash, yeah. yeah I loves. do too. Without Mushy. I like it when we're in the rock jacuzzi, splashing around. I like to start my journey from town end at the Stone Bridge, yeah. crossing over the stile and beginning my walk. Yeah. This particular time, I was rudely shocked by witnessing a large sausage of shit <gasps> purge atop the style itself. On top of the style? <laughs> Say that again! <laughs> True. Oh! <laughs> Tony, you shitting on yourself! <laughs> oh, you got the girls in the stomach! There's often fierce, funny rumblings going on behind me. <laughs> ah, that's pretty <clears throat> loud, love the telescope, he's put the 50 pence in! <laughs> I was mortified <laughs> Absolutely disgusted <laughs> Who would un- Who in their right mind Would have the ambition To climb over A perfectly normal Wooden stile Only to stop halfway And unload their bowels on it Who I ask you And not only that But to leave it resting there For the entire world to see Mushy was yelping And I was furious Furious It couldn't have been an animal For a stile as an apparatus To curtail an animal's attempt To navigate it Yes I always have to grab Mushy's <laughs> Mushy's knee I always have to grab oh, Mushy by the ears and hurl him over the fence so I stuck my walking stick into the offending viscous material to gauge its test texture fuck up <laughs> to gauge its texture viscous. and time of deposit so as I might be able to deduce the maker yes and just as I suspected it was a visitor's <gasps> I know my excrement and that is a visitor I said to Mushy mm-hmm. now I don't like to say that I'm an expert in these issues but there was that time when the men's toilets were clogged up at the train station and as station master I went in to investigate when I soon knew that a woman had been there on account of the aerated nature of the article <gasps> because it's a widely accepted fact that a woman's floats and stays around longer you see quad erat demonstrandum QED QED I took Mushy by the ears and threw him over and I assailed the style minding my positioning be careful from the other side I got a better view in the evening sunlight yeah yes I was doubly sure it was a visitor's alright and a visitor who had no business leaving it there at all how did he know with that I resolved to catch the perpetrator and abraze them for their actions we made haste down the river walk it was a divine evening <laughs> mushy galloped along and the flies flitted on the water's surface angler Tom Dirtle was out casting the chandler all was as you would expect except for this aberration of earlier hung heavy on my mind his head was full of shy. then I caught sight of someone some two in fact what was it just making them out through the intervening trees I could see that they were sunbathing closer inspection yielded that they were in fact women and not only that but fully naked women (gasps) with breasts falling down under their armpits no mushy barked I hid behind the oak tree were they visitors no they weren't on seeing the clothes lay strewn between them, I could see a status quo backpatch on a denim jacket. The rockers! Sure, that was Maisie and Violet trying something new that they'd read in the magazine, I suspect. Nothing to see here, so I moved on. Did you have any fried rocks or underpants? 
I heard a rustle in the hedgerow ahead, so leapt in behind a nearby gooseberry bush. Don't be alarmed, Lil. Good God, it was a pair of black men. <gasps> I shoved my leather gloves into my mouth and crouched down. <laughs> Are you reading it again? I fucking Time warp. <laughs> next, next paragraph. Yes, there's paragraphs for you, Lil. Make it simple for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just read the next bit. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> what in the name of oh that's right how silly of me Maisie and Vyze again what? they helped pay for the boyfriends to row the barrels up the coast of Africa last year what some women do for love is beyond me I said Vincent but what's that the beasts have tugged out the horses and they're urinating right <laughs> in my bush the horses fucking <laughs> 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 who the size of that one it's like a horse <laughs> get up on top of you Four legs on it. You can even stand it like a table in front of him. You're blocking me lie, you can't see. <laughs> you need glasses. <laughs> That's a stupid hat. It's blocking out the sun. <laughs> the bubble. It's a fucking eclipse. It's eclipse. A bubble eclipse. <laughs> Oh god, where is it? Okay. Don't doubt. All in an evening's walk. Amazing what you see. <laughs> the beasts have tugged out the hoses and are urinating right into my bush. <laughs> oh, now that's just. Would you look at the size of them? What? I nearly passed out. I don't care if they are naturalised citizens. They weren't one of us. They sucked the oxygen out of your mouth. But as I patted down my dripping brow, I asked myself whether it was one of them who left the style sausage. <laughs> the style sausage at the start. I thought not, <laughs> as neither Maisie nor Violet would allow such a slight on the local style. No, they wouldn't do it. I waited for the boys to finish off and rejoin the girls before I sprang out and ambled further down the bank. I then nearly ran into Big Gobby Gilbert as I hoofed down the track. Big Gobby always took this route to work in the wool store across the river. Uh-huh. I greeted Big Gobby. How are you? He threw his head back in that usual... We have a third party member <laughs> away. Greetings! <laughs> Professor Brady Box. Keep going. No. It's a member of the public. Come in and say hello. Hello! It's, it's one of our groupies. Come in and say hello. Would you like to say hello? He threw his head back in that usual macho way and puffed his chest out and began to raise his right leg, reenacting some move he saw in a Steven Seagal film. Big Gobby always did that. His leg flew out in the three rising stages of a kick as he aimed for the horizon of my face. He never could reach that high and more resembled the shaking of urine from down one's leg. Poor Big Gobby Gilbert. He did like to try. I bid him good day and beetled on my way. <laughs> beetled along. It was then that I saw a suspicious sight. A group of young people gathered around some canoes at the river's edge. Aha! Visitors! For sure! <laughs> no one around here would dare spend money on a pastime like this. They must be visitors. That could be true, Vincent! I could just about make out the language from my new position in the bow of the beech tree above. Hard to know exactly where it came from. If Austria or the Fatherland itself. Did one of these fresh-faced <laughs> and enthusiastic hobbyists empty themselves under the style? Surely not, for I cannot believe it was in the nature of this kind race to contemplate such an evil act. <laughs> and in a collective even less so. To be absolutely certain, I shouted out, Has to, thy shizer, ya? Yeah? I got no reply. <laughs> Baby Dale had earplugs in to protect from the water. I trusted my instinct that it was not them and climbed down to rejoin Mushy. Finally, I reached the halfway point of my saunter where I usually turn around and head back. This is when I targeted in the corner of my eye another yet smaller group of four people of the young variety. They were dressed in such a way that I immediately recognised that they were not local. 
but from not too far afield either. Huh? They had 1950s Richie Valens haircuts, tight sleeveless t-shirts, v-neck cuts, flood-ready drainpipe jeans and calf-high Converse sneakers. Sounds like Hawthorne Heights. I could hear they were all, fuck this like, you know, and oh my god, that's so you. That's it, they were from Rathfarnham. Mushy's ears pricked up. I had a hunch, so I confronted them and waved my stick in their faces, Ah! saying I knew I was one of these three boys and one girl that had defecated and desecrated the good work of the local development association's wooden style installation. You did it, didn't you? But of all the damn insults, they just ignored me. I mean, have you ever? They continued their fuck-infested dialogue. Make friends with the locals, James, and then we'll fucking get some. No, Damien. Grania knows where the weed is, don't you, Grania? I mean, like it was you, remember, who said there was this guy, like, right, who had the weed for a good price. I think you said his name was, like, Jagger or something, you know? Oh my god, it's Dragonfly! Like, awesome! Suddenly a massive splash was heard upriver as Tom Dirtle started throwing rocks at a German canoeist who'd strayed somewhat foolishly into the path of his fishing line. Tom didn't take too kindly to visitors. I wonder... Had he seen the sabotaged style? I wonder so. <laughs> I wonder it's going to end. And this leads me back to the start, where as I said, I really have no idea of who's coming or going. There's all sorts around, and more ignorant than ever, it seems. How can I possibly get to the bottom of this travesty of river walking justice when I have so many different visitor suspects? I'll tell you one thing, Mushy and I will get to the bottom of this phantom sausage depositor till the day we die, if it's the last thing we... Oh, wait a minute there. I don't think I have my ticket. And that's from Vincent, who is still walking the riverbank to this day. (laughs) Was that a message from beyond? He's another 80s reject. I get it, man. It was like, it was like, uh, uh, what was that movie? When you could see the dead people, but they were all dead and he couldn't see him. Sleeping alone. Patrick Swizzle. Ghost. Ghost. That's why they were all ignoring him. Ghost did a big deposit. Uh, The uh, Friday uh, Rock Show. Just another slutty Black Friday. And now it's time for. Live from Gibbler's Bell with the Fat Star Geezers. <laughs> I took a walk around earlier and I got a massive feel from the locals. Hi, just step back there and tell us your name. Karen Kennedy and I'm a student in Angel Street doing business studies. <laughs> I just jumped on you here outside Brini Mox's lectures on the new telescope. Brini looked like he was having a hard time rousing the juices for his black holes. What gives, Karen? <sighs> They probably have the same IQ as most of the people in the town, so I suppose they all fit in well enough. <laughs> anyway, tell us about, yeah, your school days. <laughs> My school days. <laughs> your school days? School itself, I don't really, really remember much, but going to school and being with my friends and everything was deadly, like us going on the bus and stuff like that. Things we used to do on the bus. <laughs> oh yeah, what did you get up to? Were you like a, a bad girl? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be shy. It's only me. I mean, it's not as if anybody's listening to us, is there? <laughs> tell me, tell me about your first kiss. You had one of them, didn't you? 
Marine Romeo, yeah? Go on. I remember the whole build up to this, you know, the first kiss. <laughs> oh yeah, they just hold hands and take pictures in the field. What was his name? Leo McGrader. <laughs> 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 what our former governor? Everybody calls him Foggers. <laughs> were you drunk or what? Huh? What age were you? What age were you? I was about fifteen, and uh, I was really like, oh, oh, you know, the first kiss, everything, big build up, sitting around talking with the girls. <laughs> you smell nice. Oh, like it was a dare. You lost a naked spin the bottle contest. Oh, I can understand that. What I happened? Think he met me off the bus one day mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. we were walking down and <laughs> going, oh God, this is embarrassing, like, because all the girls like, <laughs> and all this, <laughs> we were walking down and we went down past my house and a little bit further and we were standing there talking for ages, but I, I was just thinking, oh, just, just kiss me, will you just get over and over, like, because it was just the talk, conversation was getting worse and I was like, oh God, oh God, so then that was it and I was like, oh God, is that it, like, because you wow. do, you expect this big, I don't know, fireworks, I don't know, but it wasn't, it was just like, fuck her and kiss me. <laughs> I tell you, Karen, you're a brave woman unleashing that bit of your traumatic history on us, but you know, if you like, we can go, uh, take a walk down by your house, are you doing anything for the next three minutes? Come on. I know you want to. Yeah, you want for it? Prom- huh? <laughs> it's a problem to me. <clears throat> Come on, sexy. Tony can take some pictures if you like. Hmm? Oh, God! Tony? Huh? Huh? <laughs> no, no, I'll sign it for you. Harder, harder, Yay! If you've just tuned in, yes. you're listening to the Friday Rock Show live from the Gibbler's Bell. That's him! Where this the is me. fat telescope is located. Yes. On tonight's show, we have a special guest, the world renowned professor Breeny Mox. He'll be talking to us later on the show about science and things like that. <laughs> And me and Tony will be doing a bit of star geezering outside. So um, the guys here are telling me it's a clear night outside. No clouds, so we've got great visibility. So we should be able to uh, enjoy the wonders of the night sky. So and that's stay tuned for that. And lots of other stuff coming up later. Okay, it's time for another letter. Yay! Hello, lovies. Ha, I sounded like a yuppie there, didn't I? What's a yuppie? It's a posh lad from the 80s. I'm a bit of an 80s lad myself. Recently, this has caused Speaking me to. Asylum, ladies. Ah, fuck you and your references. <laughs> Recently, this I've is. Seen your CV, I'm none. Listen to me. <laughs> Recently, this has caused me to worry. I'm starting to believe that God is having a clear out of the 80s. What? Oh no! The, the rec- look of love. <laughs> the recent passing of Whitney Houston, just like a spider God! that could not clamber out of the bathtub of life, got me thinking. Maybe we'll ask Brady Mox, is there life after death? Later in the show. Anyway, with her sad passing got me thinking her career had long gone down the plug hole due to her smoking the crack cocaine with Nobby <laughs> Brownhill <laughs> I shed a tear from my fast approaching 40 year old Jap's eye as I cast my mind back to fond remembrances of the cover to I Wanna Dance With Somebody poster said cover best, adorned my teenage wall with Whitney wearing a skin tight white vest showing just the slightest outline of nipple yeah, none. I fair used to interfere with myself looking at that <laughs> Did you break an ashtray? <laughs> Whitney was nothing like the pop stars you see today. No. Katy Perry sucking on her hard candy lolly as she would do a cock. No, 
No. Whitney was wholesome. Sure. She wouldn't stick anybody's candy near her golden tongue. She was a safe. I can remember mum tucking me in and under the covers I'd listen to Radio 2 on my boombox radio cassette player through the headphones. Uh, and listening to up and coming DJ Jerry Ryan who'd come on playing the latest hits from Whitney, Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross. He was up in the covers. Oh, gone now. He came. He Dead. went. He's gone. Forgotten. Gone. Yeah. No. Jerry was too fond of the good life. What? Old Lambo started off eating live lambs and then he went on to gorge himself and staking cigars every night. He couldn't and stopped till it finished him. Poor Jacko! He moonwalked up the stairway to heaven yeah. after a Dr. Feelgood gave him too much bad medicine. <laughs> I'm looking here at my old C90 tape and I'm thinking, Jesus, that playlist would make a good band-aid concert in heaven. Rock me Amadeus by Falco. I used to love that. He's gone! I got my mind set on you, George Harrison. Self-control, Laura Brannigan. New England, Kirsty McCall. Sexual healing, Marvin Gaye. Respectable, Mel and Kim. Mel's a goner. Need you tonight, El Mickey Hutchins. Did you know that? Strangulation, flagellation. Addicted to love, Robert Palmer. Radio Gaga. Queen with the late great Freddie Mercury ah, I'm better off watching the telly in the 80s after a hard day of school I'd rush home to watch blockbusters Bob Homeless can I have a pee please <laughs> can I have a G please G forgot her like you Bob oh no then dad had bought the news Charlie High was there soaking the country Ronnie Reagan and Maggie Thatcher having a special relationship special poor Ronnie's in the White House in the sky Maggie's not but soon she will be in number 10 in hell <laughs> Look at the news, Tony. What? There's lovely Diana. She's visiting the poor sick kids in the hospital. Yeah, now she's a sick kid in the, oh. in the hospital in the sky. <laughs> so there must be something good on after news. Yes, different strokes. Ha, what you talking about, Willis? Oh, Gary Coleman. What a cute kid, eh? <laughs> then, Dad, he'd come in and take over the TV then. Sunday night was an absolute bloody nightmare. Glen Rowe, Dinny and Miley. Ha, they're now ploughing the hard acre in the, the great big farm in the sky too. That's right. <laughs> anyway, I'd wait until Dad went to bed. Holy God, no. And I'd throw on some VHS videos. Dirty Dancing was one of the biggest of the video age. <laughs> Patrick Swizzle there chasing young ones around Mosney or something. Oh, that was a greener. Trying to avoid the outlet shotgun. I hope you're dirty dangling in heaven, Swizzle. Swizzle? <laughs> My favourite one though was, hold on. <clears throat> he hasn't been out in his fresh air since last year with the dangleberries. The flame. That shocked him back into his little hole for a long nine months on through the long winter. <clears throat> the old flame. It starts in case the lungs as you get older. My favourite one though was The Lost Boys with Corey Haim going around chasing vampires and reading comics. Cool! Dead! Whatever happened to Corey Haim? Gone! Stand By Me with River Phoenix was another cool one. No more! Do you know something when I felt like a laugh? I try on Leslie Nielsen in The Naked Gun. That was good, yeah. The scary thing is, lads, all these people have passed on. They have! They are no more. No! Cease to be. Expired and gone to meet their maker. Pushed up daisies. Kicked the bucket. And shuffled off this mortal coil. They were a good band, but I think they're dead too. They are ex-people! Yes! <laughs> it's got me worrying. Am I in the next 80s clear out? It seems like just yesterday I was wearing me mullet, riding on me BMX, listening to the clash while fiddling with me Rubik's Cube. I'm scared, lads. I need a drink. I'm gonna fix myself a Bloody Mary. Thank God you guys are not famous or successful. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Thank God you guys are not famous or successful enough to kill yourself off through excess. It'll be a plain old heart attack that'll probably get used. Anyway. <laughs> That's fair cheered me up. So I'll sign off by asking you guys for a song. I don't suppose there's any chance of Whitney's greatest love of all. So how about some Gary Moore, Dio or Def Leppard? Jeez, I used to love Steve Clark solos. Anyway, speak to you guys soon, hopefully. Unless the Reaper comes a-calling. Don't fear the Reaper. Yours. Until he gives a ten spot John Doe. Thanks for that letter, John Doe. John D.O.A. <laughs> Is he dead yet? I don't know, he's gone. Was he dead when he rolled? He could have been dead after he rolled. He's fucking brain dead anyway. But... Tony, do you think there's a clear out of the 80s going on? 
I mean, they even tried to get out poor old George Michael before Christmas. Look, lads from the 70s are still going strong, alright. Even lads from the Red Dot Chili Peppers, half of them are dead and they're still going. Now, here's more upcoming... What's happening? ...products from A&M. This one is Useless Toe. Bollocks! I saw a filler up. We can't be with juice. Hmm. I don't seem to have any coverage on my mobile. Guys, can any of you make any calls? No! I say we go explore. There's bound to be someone living around here somewhere. We've been walking ten minutes and we haven't seen the thing. Hmm, it seems to be a disused hunting shack, Mr. Keith. Well done, Mr. Tash. Okay, look, listen, as much as I'm enjoying the mature company here, I gotta leave. I think I've broken it. I'll go with Ace. There's no point sitting here. It could be five minutes no, away. No, no, no. Nobody's going anywhere. We stay together and stay sane. I shall leave you to enjoy. Into the night we go. May the force be with you. I'm worried about Ace and Sinead. I know what you're worried about. Oh, my God. What was that? Floyd? That was no deer. Okay, you stay here. I'm going to take a look. Plus, I'm dying for a whiz. I drank too much Dr. Pepper on the bus. Be careful. I mean, don't kill yourself, idiot. Hey! What the hell? I'm tied up! I'm friggin' tied up! Oh my god, did you, did you hear that? There's something here with us. Listen! Do you hear it, Bubbles? <coughs> Holy crapola! Did you hear that? What is that? Oh my, Claire. Come over to Daddy. Oh, uh, what what is what is that? Are, are those your are those? Maybe that's the guy who took Ace. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. He must be in trouble. Come on, Julian, Dick, and Anne, and George and Tim. Jeez, I'm swooned. Run, Bubbles, run! But he called me. Uh, I'm hungry now. Let's just keep walking. Uh, this way. Is food that way? Claire, are you, are you okay? Loser! <laughs> uh, uh, I can't see a thing. Are you okay, man? I'm sorry for being a bad person. For not praying to you lately. It's just that I've been going through some changes. And some feelings have become stronger. And I do not know why I followed them. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, taste good with my tongue. Uh, I like that. Now, 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 I'm warning. UCLS Tau. Out now. Okay, now it's time to check back in with Professor Breeny Mox. And uh, I think he's talking about astrology at the moment. So this should be interesting. Science is simply the process by which we seek to understand nature. Its findings respect no social or political norms or religious beliefs. In other words, when it comes to the practice of science, the scientist must never have an eye on the audience, for that would be to fatally compromise the process. But what if the majority of the population doesn't share the scientific view? What if the findings of science run contrary to deeply held beliefs? What if? What if the accepted scientific position might offend the first, in which an offhand but factually correct comment about astrology triggered a bit of a spat between myself, oof, some of our oof, more oh. mystical viewers? And Jupiter is so different to our planet, a big ball of gas half a billion kilometres away. That's like you, Tony. Big ball of gas. <laughs> 
But despite the fact that astrologers are a load of rubbish, Jupiter Ooh. can, in fact, have a profound Baby, what influence would you have on our now that, not surprisingly, triggered various outbursts all over the web, including this particular whinge on an astrology Facebook group that decided to fly the flag for the irrational community and the irrational community against reason. You go get the brainy! So he said his careless assertion was unresearched, unsubstantiated, and unscientific. Has he done any empirical studies? Has he explored his birth chart? <laughs> I've certainly never seen him at an astrology conference, fortunately for me, or read anything written by him about astrology. This bad science. I apologise to the astrology community for not making myself clear. I should have said that this new age of drivel is undermining the very fabric of our civilization. Ooh! Tough stuff there from the box! It's safe to say that he doesn't look at the mirror every day to see his horoscopes, does he? Well, he can't really! I bet he didn't see that thing with his face happening. <laughs> Coming like a mirror eye of madness out of the dark. Is it not? Is he mad in the head or what? Tony, are you mad in the head? Hello, Jihad, do you want to? So as you open your legs now, you're trying to resist. Come on, tighter. Four. Always keep your legs open so the air will come shooting up. And one. Hug your knees in towards your chest. Bertie, keep your legs open. Uh, hello, listeners of the Friday Rock Show. I am Ahmed Arya Mad in the Head. And welcome to my show. Squeeze and push. And I am doing a little exercise. Most beneficial for the revolution. Open your legs now. You're trying to resist. Toes in slightly and resist. There has been some falsehood reporting. No, no. Oh, no, it's a terrible thing. Many of you might have heard that the recent reports are coming around the internet. Well, my God, no, sir. Listen for yourself. The death of uh, Osama bin Laden is an important moment in the war against uh, radical extremism. We haven't gone away, you know. We will not rest until we bring you to justice. Oh, yes. We honor your sacrifice. We need to open the program today by congratulating President Obama. Oh, Bertie, good God, keep your legs apart. As you push your legs out. Come on, you gotta use your arms. One must keep fit for the jihad. You must believe in Allah. Here is Bertie Mahesh. Hello, Bertie. www.frs.co.uk Audio CD and audio cassette is available for FRS International. Allah be with you, Adrian Antoni. What is science anyway but the teachings from Muhammad? Thank you for listening, listeners. Tune in next week. Allah will be waiting. I wonder does Professor Brainy Mox agree that Allah is just the teachings of science anyway? Hmm? I'm saying nothing. Live. The Star It's black. It's taken black. How much more black could this be? Oh God! None. Time for another letter on the Friday Rock Show live from Gibbler's Bell at the Big Fat Telescope!
And our special <laughs> guest star, Professor Brady Box. That's the one. That's the fella. Pass he doesn't look the same, but he's got the same name. He's got the same name. He sounds a little different. He looks a little different. But we won't focus on that because now it's time for another letter. Letters. <laughs> Look at the shock faces on them. They don't know what hit them. Dear gentlemen of the Friday night, how are you these days? Pleasant? I needed to write. It's Peter Mayhem. Do you remember me? I used to run an adventure playground. But then I had the unfortunate inconvenience to be caught using my right hand during the business over a girl's job application photo in my fun park. Yes, it was all a bit unseemly. To be apprehended, shuffle interrupters by the very grown-up woman whom the photo was made of, age 14. Just happened, though. <laughs> I did feel a bit of a fool. I was, after all, wearing those faded black cycle shorts. A disaster, let me tell you. Caught my left eye blackened too in the ensuing fallout. This has faded also as the years drifted by. I did them all in prison, you see. <laughs> <laughs> they found other incriminating evidence videos CCTV footage sticky pics that sort of thing oh. the local paper had me undercover well what could one do I served the state I can't say it was pleasant but still I held on I dreamed I prayed I looked to my trinket my only bauble of hope a small piece of comfort it became my solace my rosebud and my focus I held it close when the day came for my wondrous release I stood outside the creaking iron interest Clutching my prize tightly. We did it. We survived. What now? Oh, I knew exactly what. I was going to follow in the footsteps of that Bono chap and push for debt forgiveness. It got me thinking inside as I stared at my valued jewel in my hand. I had a mission. I had wronged. I needed to seek forgiveness. I tied my only possession to a leather band around my right wrist and headed to a place called Knockrath. The one I sought out was not there. I squeezed my palms and carried on to a forwarding address, an Arklo Terrace suburb. It was raining. I was cold but resolute. People looked, stared, pointed, but I continued. Filled with apprehension, I knocked on the door, to which a bleary-eyed and scruffily sickish man answered. She's not here, he said lazily, wiping cornflakes from his jaw. She moved, got flat in the main street, Ratrum. I could add nothing more. No wanted to, and bid the man a day of good for himself, going speedily on my way before inquisitions could be made. Mm. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> I just back from the toilet. What's going on? <laughs> then there I was. Much? No, no, no. There I was at the door, the very door. Her name on the bell casing. I was strengthened. I was brave. It had been too long. The door clicked. I froze. It shuffled open in stages. I sucked on my bottom lip. Mm -hmm. A hand. Then a foot. I took a sharp breath. <gasps> then I saw them. A red-topped mop lay upon them. A simian brow containing downward eyes greeted me. <coughs> How is? What does want? Are you the pigs? I've nothing to hide. Come on. I reassured my unkempt friend that I was certainly not a pig seeking redress, nor was I partial to come on, as it were. No, I said simply and clearly to whom I was looking for, whence his eyebrows shot up to the mention of the name, to which he replied, Oh, you're looking for Linda? And from behind his back whipped out a keyboard, proceeding to play a god-awful rendition of a hue and cry song. I don't think she's in. She's off with Selene again. But I can show you her room if you like. She never locks it, said the red man. Instant pupil dilation. Yes, yes, you must. I hastened and we proceeded to bound up the narrow staircase. I was filled with ideas on what to expect, rubbing my wrist gently yet persuasively. And then there it was. 
Oh my god. Linda's lair. Home of the wronged. A forlorn sound surrounded me. I told the fool to stop playing the cheap keyboard and open the door. He gripped the knob, squeezed back and pushed, opening wide the life that I had never dreamt I would see, the life I knew was forbidden and the one I'd shuffled along to once upon a time in the showers. It was, it was... The spell of that woman here! exclaimed the mop top, torturing the beautiful silence. I engorged my nasal passages with the soft lilt of unwashed, over-scented undergarment. A sweet petunia mixed with what seemed to be pine sap. Pine sap? Mmm, she was feral, like a fox. But what was this? It surrounded us. Left, right, up, down. It was a wall-to-wall pictorial phantasmagoria. There were photos, stickers, cuttings, etchings, doodlings, paintings, pressings and so much more. A kaleidoscopic creation of immense architecture engulfed the senses. What was all this? Why was all this? What's going on? I moved forward to take in but a few when I clasped sight of myself in a photo. He saw himself. Then two, three, ten, more. What? I turned in shock to the keyboard-wielding weirdo. Wherein he stood still, yet came closer as the wall moves further into the distance. Like the famous scene in Jaws, when Chief Brody sees a shark on Amity Beach, which has been endlessly replicated to encapsulate isolated fear of the beholder, and here is no exception. I was stupefied! There I was! On Linda's wall, in a less faded pair of the same cycle shorts I had on me in the same room. It was a fun park picture, showing such a relaxed posture. I wanted to cry. But then I saw what this montage had me a part of. There was Tom Cruise and Ray-Bans, right out of Top Gun, with a superimposed pair of tongues emanating from each of us, entwining in the centre like snakes in a tryst. Jerry Ryan and I, <laughs> a shared track of white powder entering and exiting our noses. Jerry Ryan? Some say he tugged himself raw in the toilets before he took to the airwaves. Do you do that, Adrian? Another picture. <laughs> I didn't discover the secret. That wasn't meant to come out in the biography at the end. Shut right. Another picture. Another debauched scene with me, the recipient. Marianne Finucane, Brendan O'Carroll, Ryan Turgidy, and even Liz Bonin with dildos. Oh, no! The list was endless. Did he take any photos? As these radiated out, it pulled my eyes to its epicentral quarry. <gasps> Another set of eyes. <gasps> One's etched in my mind. Oh, the-, the eyes of Linda. She was watching me. I tore off the leather band from my wrist, <laughs> fell to my knees and held up my offering, my only possession, my trinket, my bauble, a lone belt buckle, the belt buckle that had once held up a strap of Linda's dungarees, the same buckle she had lost that day she lost her innocence. The buckle that gave me a black eye after it flew off in the shock of lovely Linda seeing me doing the business over her picture age 14. I was dumbfounded. I knew then she had never left me. All those nights in prison, morally doubting myself, that she was thinking of me, that it would be my destiny to find her, to ask, to know just why. Did you think she's mad? No, I said. Just running. <laughs> why is she running? Because I have to chase her, I said. But she didn't do anything wrong, he countered. I took a deep breath and said, She's the hero that I deserve, but not the hero she wants to be right now. So I'll hunt her, because she can take it. She's not the hero. She's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. She is the dark light. (laughs) That's where I'm fucked up, concluded Linda's neighbour. I made my excuses and left, left with the knowledge of a renewed sense of purpose, to find her, to complete the circle of the story begun some ten years ago when I used to run an adventure playground, and where I met Linda.
Adrian and Tony, please send out this message to her and play me some appropriate musical interlude. With gladness in my heart, Peter, Peter Mayhem. Mayhem. The Dark Light. Oh my God, so he's the one that set Linda on her current path of, of, of madness and artistic nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and up in the woods getting bound by half of Eastern Europe. We look forward to seeing what happens next, Peter, when you finally track down Linda. Or maybe you don't. Because it just might happen. <laughs> I'd like to know what's happening next in the show. What is it, producer Tony? Messages of Mayhem. <laughs> oh, yes, with your excellent track. Brainy Milox. Burning up, kick myself around. Jerking off. Tongue kissing the ground. Looking at the frozen world pictures.
There you go, that's Tommy Lee from Motley Crue's side project Methods of Mayhem. And that was formed on the eve of his divorce from Pamela Anderson. Wasn't that? Yeah, he was writing most of the songs when he was in jail. Ah! Tommy, as you know, is fond of the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, louder is off the them. album a public disservice announcement Hates of Mayhem Mates of Mayhem it's all Mayhem here it's Dangleberry live on Friday it's about the big issue you? when I'm in the pub and you know those uh, St. Vincent de Paul little boxes are on the counter I throw in five or six cents <laughs> your generosity knows no bounds 18 but would they pull you off on air I've been pulled off on the air before Tony let me tell you that Fabian Marshall coming up later with some astrology. Yeah, now, but you... that's in the future. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> ah, Friday Rock Show! Up next now is a regular contributor to the show. Oil Cooper, Hazen! Oh, shit. <laughs> exactly what it was. <laughs> so anyway, I was saying, Professor Critic. You're best with the less intelligence, are you? I am indeed, Tony. That's why I'm hanging around with you, buddy. It's all that coming. <laughs> you put a horn in the light hole out, will you, Lid? Okay, look, what's up next? <laughs> could you smell blood, though? Well, that's what they say they could. <laughs> <coughs> that's why they didn't like women, you see. Because all the menstruation would have drove mad. Dingly Dangly Farm, another outside broadcast. Thanks for old friend Bert Kavner there for having us down. Ah. And is there much money now in Piggery? Fuck all. I have to say, you know, this is the whole the whole reason why I got you down here, you know, uh, to go on to Dangleberry Farm. Because we, we, the government's only giving you, you know, one euro, 32, for the kilo. Shocking. And then you have the heating for the pigs. Don't, the under hay heating. <laughs> Next day, I bumped into the owner of the bar. I had aroused a tidal wave of emotion in the town. And I was riding it on my big adamantium surfboard. On Twitter. That knobber Kieran was inviting me to another party! <laughs> so good lads! Regards, Lila McGregor! Oh, oh you dirty boy! <laughs> Don't tell anyone they'll come and get you. Not at all. Listen, appreciate that and I hope all the farmers take your advice and have a bumper crop next year. Oh, I hope there'll be rich harvest for everyone. Lots love, love. Bye bye, Adrian! Bye, Fabian! Bye! Thank you! He's, he's never come into the studio alive with us, Tony. <laughs> I'll tell you that one. In case you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Friday Rock Show live from Dangleberry Farm. Yeah, you haven't gone insane, it's just us. Rather unusual, we're a radio show broadcasting from a farm. We're always willing to try new things at the Friday Rock Show. Sure, lad, you know, last summer we were up in the North Pole. The North Pole Farms. No frontier is off limits for the Friday Rock Show. Silver Strand. Who knows Who's where home? we'll be next? See ya! It's emotional. Bye! Yes, that was a chat, alright. Just another slotty Black Friday. Me and Tony here on a bit of an OB. Oh, <laughs> bit of an old bastard, <laughs> We're heading back to the studio, but on the way, we're hoping to glimpse some of the, the wonders of the night sky. There's a question for you, Adrian. What's in the sky, though? Are they all stars? To answer your question, Tony, no, they're not all stars. Some of them are planets. Get the fuck. Yeah. The whole thing about time and like distance and like the stars are travelling from where we are. I thought I'd seen a shooting star there, I'm just thinking them. Um, hold on there. Them fucking black beans, Tony. Don't be talking about living colour like that. But the thing is, before Ernest and Julio Gallo invented that telescope, uh, they had to make the ice cream. 
Well, we're gonna go up here. There's a bit, there's a spot that Brilliant Mox was talking about here in Jibbler's Valley. If you go up to the top of the hill, it's a great view, all around, all like 380 degrees. I'm scared, Tony. Why? You've made me put on a stranger's coat and you're leading me up into an empty field. Listen, shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a close encounter. <laughs> so, Tony, have you always been interested in the stars? Yeah. Ever since you were 13 and oh, yeah, no, you see Tiffany's big bath. <laughs> exactly. You know Tiffany, and in fairness to her, you know, when she's 1987 and she thought she was alone, but she wasn't. Because yeah. <laughs> I was in my room, chalking off the flock to her. You gotta get out there to listen to her. I actually Tiffany recently in a movie with Debbie Gibson. What uh, was she doing? Like Requiem for a Dream? I think it was Anaconda versus <laughs> <laughs> Super Alligator. Tell the big Anaconda between them. <laughs> Do you know something? Ah. These these uh, paths were in. They're, in. they're in shapes. Just just to. What kind of shapes are they making up? Paint a picture though? here for our listeners. We're in a we're in a, a field here full of crops, and uh, walking through it, gazing up at the stars. But it seems that these these crops are taking a symmetrical shape. Remind me of uh, one of the, the Iron Maiden tracks, Dance of Death. Mm. Yeah, these lads could pull me in now and be performing a bizarre ritual. Like you're still Maiden again, are you? Like Bruce did. Are you getting into the Maiden? Ah, you're never out of the Maiden, man. Is that Venus there now? We can see. see that? What is that? That is that is the planet, isn't it? You can That's Shalala. <laughs> Up in the sky, is it? It's a mountain. It's a mountain, but you can't see because the clouds. It's like Val. It's not. It's dark in your field of vision. It's like Valhalla. It's a floating city of Van Halen, yeah. Of the gods. That's it. We're live from the Gibbler's Knob. <laughs> 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 and looking through the big fat telescope. That's you. That's me. We're the stargazers. We're stargazering tonight. <coughs> Okay, yeah. this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for us to interview Mr. Professor Breeny Mox. Breeny, come on in there. Take a, take a, take a seat mm. there now. Now mind your face. Welcome to the Friday Rock Show, Breeny Mox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Breeny Mox, thank you for taking the time out of your heavy lecture schedule here for us on the Friday Rock Show. Yeah, thanks, Breeny. You told me on the helicopter over from the villa that you'd like to hang out in CERN's Large Hadron Collider looking for hugs, bosom particles. For the listeners, can you explain what the Large Hadron Collider does? Like, yeah? It's a particle accelerator and its job is to recreate the conditions that were present less than a billionth of a second <laughs> after the universe began. He's and it can do that, by the way, up to 600 million times a second. So, in a sense, it's like having a, building a time machine and going back to the start of the universe to see uh, how it began, how the things that make up us, you know, the particles that make up my hand and you and the world, how they came into existence and why they're the way they are. But of course we can't build a time machine, so this is the next best thing. Kind of like Stargate meets Quantum Leap and Doctor Who's TARDIS, seeing who can defeat Seven of Nine in bed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but like, in that situation, Brainy, if someone like you won, the whole world would probably explode, would it? Come on. There is no chance that the LHC presents any danger to the world. No it's chance. complete internet nonsense. But someone said you said earlier in the lecture that it could potentially cause a black hole. No, I mean, there is a, there's a tiny, minute chance, which would be exciting actually, that you can create these mini, mm. mini black holes. But a mini black hole? a single electron or smaller is not the same as one of the black holes you make if a star collapses yeah like a little junior hole huh <laughs> yeah i know that's just crazy talk i know father septimius would like that wouldn't he 
And if it was here, I'm sure he'd like to ask you, how long actually is it? So it's a 27 kilometres in circumference, so it's, it's a big machine. And it's about the same size as a, an underground uh, train tunnel, you know, so you can walk around it. Um, it costs about 6 billion euros, which sounds like a lot of money. But actually its budget, its um, annual budget, is the same as a medium-sized university. It's also paid for by, well, 20 European states. And the detectors are paid for by 85 countries around the world, including Australia. Cool. <laughs> Fascinating stuff there, Professor Brini Mox. Thanks a lot. I'll let you go back inside now to entertain the guests. And you better go quick, or the Lee Hall the chutney sandwiches and there'll be no left for us. <laughs> hey! Thanks, Brini! We'll see you later, right? Thanks, Brini. Keep her handy. Keep your hands in your pockets. Keep looking at the stars. Keep man. your hoodie up. Don't freak the people out. Okay, I fancy some electric eel shock. And this one's from Baldy. Speedy Joe. Oh, yeah. as they say in Fukushima three-piece Jap garage metal band from their first international LP gone on to make two more with the most recent being Sugoi indeed and what you heard there was Speedy Joe live 
from Jibbler's Bell. Big Black Fools. The Friday Rock Show. In the blackness of the night, I see a shadow passing by. A star geezer. In the blackness of the night, I see a sparkle of a star. Okay, now it is time for a letter. I've unsheathed it from the envelope. Hello, Friday Rock Show. I've had a few anger issues lately. Life just seems to be a disappointment and has no chance of turning around. Mm -hmm. It seems to be one long procession to the grave. Getting all the money, possessions, spending all your time working, then it's over. Gone. What's the point to it? No, nothing. So I went to a counsellor and she encouraged me to write down all the things that really annoys me. That's what you do. So I might as well put them into a letter to you. Here are some of the things that really annoy me. Drivers who don't fucking indicate. Arseholes. Arseholes. park crooked in parking spaces. People who park right in front of the doors of the shop and run in. People who read out loud when they're typing an email or a letter. Spoilers. People who spoil the ending of a movie, book or TV series. People in flip-flops making that loud flip-flop sound. Oh, it annoys me slapping off their hard-soled feet. People in the summer when it's a half-decent day exposing the gnarled feet and white legs and shorts and open toed sandals ah. sucking on big ice creams get a pedicure <laughs> fuck's sake that's so sick though <laughs> that's when you unleashed them at last year's fucking festival <laughs> I nearly fell out of the pool <laughs> I sure was the feet unleashed on you anyone male or female who says we're pregnant <laughs> people who chew with their mouth open <laughs> shut your gob I don't want to hear your tongue loving every bit of food and your teeth tearing it up you know when the electric shower breaks it always fucking breaks when you're shampooing your hair barbecue restaurants with happy pigs in the sign how are they happy when they're being slaughtered gutted sliced and diced it should be a crying paralysed with fear pig uh slice <laughs> no Charlie destroy the place <laughs> why am I using my name to call you Hey, you're driving me mad. People who spit when they talk. Ah! <laughs> Shoot me! I'm not talking about me. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. Ah! The world is full of arseholes. <gasps> that feels so much better. Please play Iron Maiden for me. Yours calmly, Sinead. <laughs> Who's asking for all the Maiden? Fucking Maiden's like a virus for this programme. <laughs> I just don't know, man. Maybe they're really popular and people want to hear them. What's next, Tony? Especially for Sinead. Don't give in to temptation. <gasps> I've got a try, it's not over yet. No signals of love have you left. <laughs> My heart is bleeding just for you Bleeds for me oh. And it hurts to know the truth Are you looking for saviour? Chasing a dream We left her to hate Now I'm crossing the border Seeing that I'm fake But I'm not afraid Oh, 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 oh,
It's the best, you know. Especially for Shani van Westerhausen. That was Dutch symphonic metal band Within Temptation, led by vocalist Sharon Den Edel and Rude Adrianus Jolie. They've been knocking around for 15 years now, and Sinead is their romping new single from the album The Unforgiving. Sinead, I'd show you my cock, but you were afraid. <laughs> Woo! You are a mutant. Today, we are all mutants. Woo! Nearly there. Keep the hell up, Jagger. Don't look at it. Uh. Hello. No! Where are we? Ha! Ha! Where are we now? Oh, Ginger. Afraid. He's coming! Oh, my. Get out! A wash. Gabla! Gabla! In a land that awaited them. I'm not afraid to say this, but I'm scared. Dickasupus will guide them. Right, they'll have copped us coming in, so we're gonna have to take some extreme measures. This. Extreme? Why are you being extreme? The Savage Garden may kill them. Ah! Can't handle it! Ah! And their fate may well abuse them. Here, my fate's looking better than your stankin' fate. The fight continues. Holy fuck! Look at his face! Lucia, the miles on your face have started moving around! You mean his face is a map to the Savage Garden? What have we got here, eh? Some sort of United Mutations or what? United Mutations! Part 2. Out now. The United Mutations are breaking up. Gabler! What? Tell us! Why? Scenes depicted in this trailer are actually the ones you'll experience in the very same product. Copyright AM 2011. Bring it on! Do you evil apparition? No! It's the Friday Rock Show. It's live from Gabler's Peak. <laughs> <laughs> Gibbler's Bell. At the Fairly Astronomical Telescope, we are the Stargazer tonight. We are stargazering. We're celebrating the wonderful world of astronomy. But before we go back to the stars, it's time for another letter. Just don't wait. <laughs> How's it going, Adrian? <laughs> I tell you, I'm in a good, unchemicalised mood today. <laughs> I'm off the shit, that's right. Well, until I save up to get another tent spot. <laughs> Ah, but seriously, I'm on for anything this weekend. Are you? Are you, Jagger? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in love, Adrian. What? No. <laughs> I'm like a child. I know. Don't be like that. But it's true. I'm there in the dandies in Green Anne. Yesterday, 21st of July. <laughs> she was staying at Ball the Barney B&B, she said. I was in buying skins and booking a night with the keyboards when in walked in this one. She was shivering with the cold. Sure was lashing outside. Typical weather for this godforsaken place. <laughs> she had mad hair like Dinny the Rope, all erect and bushware. Like any them lads up and down them all. <laughs> Jesus, I'd never go there again. Anyway, Adrian, poor old Shem had to move aside his spot at the stove to let her warm up. Before long, the he had to top off her with all the tattoos showing. Fuck! <laughs> I nearly dropped all my rizzles into me point. She said she was here getting away from it all. I know what she meant. It's the right spot for her. I'm always out of my head here. She laughed, Bernie. I bought her a point. She said her name was Amy. <laughs> she had an accent like Pat Butcher off EastEnders. I didn't care though. I rubbed my hands and rolled up. We were set for the night. <laughs> 
Shem drew his eyes up to heaven and scolded the dog. What's going on with the dog? Jagger's had the woman. Jagger's got the females. Oh, fuck it. I told her about my keyboards and that I don't pick up the guitar anymore. No, sick of it I was. She said she loves to play the drums in her apartment back home and sing along until the early hours. <laughs> this was it. Big eyes on her, scooping back the points. I couldn't keep it up. I was rolling another one and she was ordering a Ford Chaser. Oh Jesus, I thought I was going to have to carve it in order to get me a hole. <laughs> but she kept complimenting me saying I had to know about me and I had... Deep boys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Deep piss holes, mugged off me tits, yeah. <laughs> I slapped the gob on her anyway as I was walking back to the B&B in the storm. Nearly fell in the ditch, had to grab her hair. You would have thought I was molesting her, Bernie. Ah, here, I didn't get that far. I could hardly stand up. But she was skipping through the puddles with the light on her face. I hadn't seen it anyone in years. <laughs> They're all caved in cold bitches round here. Then... She stares me dead in the face. And I swear I'd seen the banshee. I went raw. She looked possessed. But it was okay. Her eyes softened. And with that she invited me for the weekend to London. Where where she lived. <laughs> Going to see Del Boy and Chas and Dave. Yeah. I had not been abroad since Spain in 2001. When the World Trade Centre collapsed. The only time before that was in France in 94. When Kirk Cobain blew his brains out. She said she'd pay though. This was like one big head rush. I was freaked out. No worries, she said. She'd show me around, take me to Camden and pull a point for me in her local. All right then. I was going to go for it. Why not, sure? I was now on the email. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Jagger's on the email. This morning, when I called around at 7am to the B&B, she'd already checked out with no details on file. Tyke Lynn said it was booked through an agency. But just earlier, Amy emailed me the tickets to fly today afternoon. <sighs> I was relieved but nervous too. Ever had that feeling? I mean, this was big. But I could handle it. I packed all my brother's good underpants. The clean ones you wouldn't feel worried about. And got to drive me to the airport. He'd already checked me in and put me at the emergency exit window. Cheap bastard. <laughs> I'll get him for that. I didn't get anything on the plane. Sure you have to pay for food now. That's Quern cat. Once I'd found my way out of the Heathrow terminal, after an hour, I was met by a beefy chink holding a placard for me. Tango showed me to this black mark out the front. He didn't look happy. Never said a word. Jesus, Adrian, was he a triad? Silencer ready to pop me off, carve me up and harvest me for body parts. Who didn't know what was going on? Was I on one big sick honey trap or what? I've just skinned up to relieve the paranoia and offered it up to the tangos. Just He's just wagged a finger at me and we're on the way to Camden. Anyway, Adrian, I'll sign off for now. I'm doing the Wi-Fi in the back of the mark. Technology is insane. <laughs> hey, Adrian. <laughs> back again. I'm going to send this email all as one. But this next bit, well, I don't know how to describe it. I'll try my best. <laughs> anyway, I was in the back of the murk with Tango driving me into Camden to see Amy. Oh, Amy. All I could see out the window were fucking posers. High collars with one raised eyebrow, wearing tight tank tops and golf trousers, sucking on polystyrene coffees. Everyone had a canvas satchel strapped across their chest. I don't know. It's all changed. We pulled up to a fancy looking apartment where Amy leapt out of her hallway and into my arms. Well, <laughs> that was some hug. Never had that before. Never. Such energy. <laughs> I nearly fell back into the murk. Seeing as it was 7.30pm, we went straight to the Camden Fazler pub on the corner. 
I don't know if it was me or if it was a joint I had in the back of the car, but it felt as if everybody was looking at us. She said she was normal. <laughs> <laughs> she said that was normal. Strangers scream out that they love her all the time. All the eyes pressing on me weren't so bad after all. No one ever says that when you're stoned. They're all too busy trying to freak you. Vultures! But she was amazing. We chose Guns N' Roses, Moby, Flea Foxes and some air on the jukebox and she poured me that point. I had something for her too. I'd been saving it for the right moment. I was calving it back at Dublin Airport but I managed to stick a small tube of white Libyan up me flute for the trip. <laughs> her eyes lit up. Oh yes, she knew about white Libyan. It's good shit. You're right, it's good shit. Even Mr Brownstone playing on the jukebox would love this stuff, I said. We leaned over and whispered in Amy's ear that this shit will turn you to stone. <laughs> ah lads, I was having the best time of my life. Best ever. No messing. Even though I was going commando, having dumped my brother's best hundred pounds in the Heathrow terminal toilet. Got the runs, didn't I? Couldn't make it off the plane in time. Fucking emergency exit would have been handy right then. Six fucks. Me and Amy left before the last song to scale up a big fat one at the back entrance. No one would disturb us here, she said. I was excited. This was London. This was white Libyan. And I was with Amy. <laughs> Life doesn't get better than this. She did the honours. The stars were out. Yes, we like tonight. We talked to Reefer. I held her hand and we sat back on the kegs waiting for the train. She said this is good for a jazz throw and we go beat the drums back at the apartment after. I looked at her. She smiled, leant over and kissed me. I'm not too proud to say it but this was the most beautiful thing to happen to me lads. Not even me kids came there. Ah no, that's bad. <laughs> I can't help it though. <laughs> the world just stopped. Then, here comes the train, I said. She laughed and swung her legs around my waist. Oh, hold on to me, Amy. Hold on. Jesus, here it comes. Next minute, the bells of Basra go off my head. Stereo bongos. Spine turns to jelly. Gunshots. The beacon. Ah, Dexter, get off me. Body bag. Tango. Eating an octopus. No. Sharia don't like it. Rock the casbah. Rock the casbah. What now? Big black holes. Ah, fuck. I woke up on Sunday afternoon, back in me bed in Green Anne. I now sit typing this email to you in pure confusion. I've sent emails to Amy but no answer. Never got her number either. This is fucked up Adrian. How in Jesus did I get back? Did I get the plane at all? Am I really here? What the fuck happened? Ty Glynn at Barney Barney B&B doesn't have any contact details for Amy. I mean, how sick is this? Do I go back to London? I can't even remember the road. Oh, it's all a big blank. All I remember is that last moment in beer barrels when she kissed me then. Bam! Here I am. I don't know, lads. I just hope she comes to the dandies again. I'll be there every night. Every night till Shem shoots me. But for now, I'm missing Amy. Drinking wine, sitting in my house. <laughs> oh, hang on. The doorbell's just gone. Quick! I'll send this email on to you now. I'm typing now me cork synth. Each key plays a chord with a type of letter. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a fucked up cacophony, but great at the same time. Shy, I see them. It's the fucking pigs, Barney. Sen, Sen, come on. Oh, it's Jagger, the Jagger. Jordan, Green Anne. What's the Jagger doing with the Amy in the London? <laughs> What's going on? The white Libyan. There's a white Libyan. Was she, was she, was she, did you have him as a drug mule? What was going on there? Was it a big setup? What happened, Tony? I don't know. Did Jagger kill her? <gasps> Maybe he's from in front of the train. This is Texas Hippie Coalition for you, Jagger. Soon my time will come and I'll be on my way. Yes, and when my time comes, it will be my day. Big Dad Rich and the boys from Chickasha, Texas. 
They are the Texas Hippie Coalition, and especially for Jagger, that was Groupie Girl, off the Red Dirt Metalers' second album, Rollin'. And Jagger was indeed rolling on that. Huddy! <laughs> oh yeah! Mm. That's right! Okay, we're spoiling you tonight. Here it is, another letter! Unbelievable! The bag is bursting out of just emptying it all over Adrian's lap! Oh, Jesus. Last summer, I landed the job of my life with eBay, one of the hottest companies in the world, and well known as one of the best to work for too. I thought all of my Christmases had come at once. The first day I arrived at their colourful plush offices, I saw a familiar face from school. Mickey McKenzie. We used to be friends, but we fell out. You see, one day Mickey had beat up one of our classmates after school. When he was on the ground, he stole sherbet colas from his pockets and pissed on him. Yeah, that, that's not on. Next day, when the head... So I used to get the fellas open their mouth to piss in them. <laughs> you just had to go too far, Tony, didn't you? So when you're young, you know, you do things that you regret. Anyway, next day, the head teacher pulled us aside and he tried to blame me for it. I denied it strongly. Lucky the teacher had had a good chat with the boy and knew for certain Mickey McKenzie was the culprit. Mickey McKenzie? After he was so willing to drop me in this shit, I was more than happy to make a statement to the police detailing exactly what little Mickey had done. From then on, there'd always been ill feelings between us. Anyway, today I'd be the better man and say hello. Mackenzie, without a flicker of emotion, greeted me back. So what are you doing here, Mackenzie? I'm reporting on the opening of the eBay office here and the jobs boost it will give to the local economy. Wow, so pissy Mickey had grown up to be a reporter for the local newspaper. Did not. Hmm? Before things had a chance to get awkward, my team lead entered reception and I followed him to what would be my new office. There I was introduced to the person I would be sharing with, an Algerian called Hakim. He was a quiet person who kept to himself. I never had much crack with him and I started to miss the guys from my last job. Anyway, after a while I got to find out bits and pieces about him. He loved internet shopping and he was always getting things delivered to the office. Especially watches. He built up a huge collection of those. Sometimes he would sell them on for more. I thought he was a bit crazy though when he started saying that the monetary system was about to collapse and that I should start investing all my money in gold. I decided to get in the whole online shopping thing and uh, got something delivered to my office. <laughs> That's not what that says. <laughs> Words go in easy but come out awkward. Shop. I decided to get in on the whole online shopping delivered to the office thing and ordered a Blu-ray of the movie Malcolm X. The day the Blu-ray arrived, Hakim ran to pick up the parcel. Haha, <laughs> that's not yours you fecker, it's mine. Hakim looked at me angrily with his dark Muslim eyes looking into my soul. It's alright, I just called you a fecker. No harm intended, it's just... That's mine. Look, see, Malcolm X, just like I ordered. May Satan sodomise your sister, he replied, and stormed out. <laughs> I was slightly shaken, but shrugged it off and went back to work. Later that day, I was called into the manager's office. He told me Hakim had made a complaint that I'd used offensive language towards him and an expletive had been used. I called him a fecker, I said. A big feckin' fecky fecker. It's just a mild rebuff. I meant it in a light-hearted manner. He told me they were sorry, but they would have to suspend me for eight working days pending an investigation as to whether feck was suitable language for the workplace. I protested, saying that he had said these things about my sister. And they just told me that no one would care, as I'm white. And the rules are so far in favour of protecting minorities these days that they're overcompensating. And the white people are ending up with no protection. On the final show, we do not condone or condemn such <laughs> actions or reports. We just read them out, right? As I left the office with my head down feeling absolutely sick, I bumped into Mickey McKenzie, following up on some advertising space that the company wanted in his paper. You look happy, he said. I can't believe it, I said. I'm in trouble for using inappropriate language around my colleague, Hakeem. McKenzie raised 
raise an eyebrow. I don't know why I blurted out to him, of all people but him, but I was just so angry. So I thought that had been a bad day, but the next day things went nuclear. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> One of my mates came around with a copy of the local newspaper. The headline read, Local eBay employee in racism storm. <gasps> that racist. Yeah. That rap Mackenzie had not wasted his chance to get me. Immediately I got onto the phone to the paper to tell them that in no way had I been a racist. All the paper had to say was that they had heard I'd use inappropriate language around an Algerian. So they concluded I could only have been being a racist. Soon, it was everywhere. The local radio was debating whether all Irish were inherently racist. <laughs> it was an Chuck em this long to work it out. <laughs> it was an emotive topic and soon the national press picked it up and sensationalised it. My life was becoming a nightmare. What could I do? eBay called Hakim and I in early to interview us about what had happened. They'd become embarrassed about the furore. Anyway, they had discussed it and concluded that it was not inappropriate language and Hakim had misunderstood the local colloquialism. eBay apologised to me about the falsely reported racism story that had come out of this. Hakim would offer his hand to me and we would draw a line under the whole thing and forget about it. As Hakim offered his hand to me, the shake, I pulled away. Feck you, Hakim. Feck you, you feckin' Algerian gobshoy. And your sister, the whore, too. I'm off. I've been offered a job at Google in the translation department. Now, maybe I was a little bit trigger-happy with the old feck word, but I'm damn good at what I do, and plenty of companies would be happy to have me. And Mackenzie, well, he got a tip. A local 14-year-old girl was involved in prostitution. He hacked her phone and spied on her. Turns out she was working underage at the local McDonald's for some extra pocket money. Mackenzie was caught stalking her and ended up on the child sex offender <laughs> list. That's it. Good luck for him. So anyway, lads, over to you. Are we getting over-obsessed with protecting minorities? Have we become anti-crack? Go on, you pair of feckers, yous. Ah, fuck you, you cunt. <laughs> Um, social commentary on the Friday Rock Show. What do you have to say on that, Tony? Aquabats! Next up, it's the Aquabats. Soup!
said, okay, let's talk about it. Hey, we do the funny voices here. Fuck yo, yeah. That's Pop Punkers Acrobat. And they're here with their fifth full album of scrawny ska, whiny middle class, bouncy toy. High five soup. Soup. And the soon to be crowd favourites, Pink Pants. Let's talk about it. Let's not. I have a pain in my fucking hole. <laughs> it's back for the replay. I part of power. Give yours the riddle. Let's play. I'm ready to play the game. We want you to win. No more games. There's been a physical union. Sweet love of life. I'm still alive. I'm sorry, really. I haven't said sorry since I was ten. Unconditional, non-judgmental love. No more loves. Fuck you, Spikers! Fuck you! Get your hands off me, Busher! Don't touch me! Fuck you! No more hate. Oh, Alright, sorry. This is a human manshite. And no more human manshite. It all ends in the Savage Garden. Chuck, who's working? Who's shorting? Let's get out of here and find Ginger and Baldy. Yeah, your father is your mother. Never knew your mammy. Cause you never had one. The humans are on the train phase of love. Head up, Bauer. You will be terminated. Hunt and kill Dickasupus. He is a traitor. Oh. Keep pushing. Losers. Ah. 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 Gone. Done. Over. Ah. What are you looking at? United Mutations 3. Barney! Busher! Gabler! It's time to crack open this guy. Oh. My. <gasps> pet! Ah! <laughs> oh, it's hot! I can't hold it! It's too greasy! It's slipping through my fingers! Out now. Copyright A&M 2011. Hi, I'm Mick McCarthy. And when I'm not out playing with the lads, I'll be master of St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin. Sorry, I tell you, we just went, we were just out here in Brady Markler in the lecture hall in the FIT, the Faraday Astronomical Telescope here in Dublin Bell. It got me excited, and that's why I've grabbed you and taken you out into the fields here, because we're going to look for our, any own, our very own black holes. Hold on, I think. I think it's what I want. Is that Stargate? <coughs> no, I felt more rounder. It's not a triangular one. You're listening to BBC no. Radio 1. You've kept your prisoner. <laughs> Me and Tony are stargazers tonight. As he just said, we're outside looking for our black holes. This is classic AM here. Wandering the fields in the middle of the night with bottles of beer. Well, yeah, Tony, do you ever see the elementals? Oh, the elementals. They're the spirits of nature, like, if you look around here... Oh, they're the lads uh, live in your face! <laughs> they don't live in your face. They live in the trees, like, and, and, the, and the hedges and, and all the... <gasps> you would have now be looking at us from the trees. Look how you there. <laughs> What's that, an elemental? No. That was me cagging myself. 
just relax and open yourself up to the belief. Yes. So Adrian's going to stay in the field. I'm coming back to the studio. I'll see you in a minute. Here's a song. <laughs> you relax and open yourself up. It's all around us, Tony. Maybe just strip off her clothes now and just run. And feel, feel the straw lashing off her naked bones. I'm worried about you. <laughs> the crops and nature. Mmm, don't you love it? Beautiful August night. Smell that. I feel... Reborn? Oh, yes. Come on, the Karen. Yes, bitch. Now I'd say, I'd say you're in your dirty thirties now, and you're mad into it. You love the old cock. I'll tell you, you got a bit fresh now. Jesus. I'd say, I'd say you come so hard now, your fucking skull would explode. Tune in next week for. <laughs> <laughs> what have we learned from looking at the sky on our on our little walk? Don't you feel? Don't you feel the splendor of it all? You should write that down. You'll be like the next J.I.R. Kipling. <laughs> <laughs> Does he make poems about cakes? As we return to civilization, back from our walk around around a very rural Gibbler's Bell. So I think it's about time for another song. What's next? <laughs> Iron Maiden, Wildest Dreams. Why is <laughs> always a maiden getting in on it? All right, Tony. We're back in the studio. And it's time for the final letter. Yes. Last letter tonight, everyone. You'll be glad to hear. <laughs> Brady Marcy's been speaking as much as you know. All right, geezers. Well, lads, I'm still recovering from polluting the time-space continuum and becoming an internet sensation. Remember I met a time fiddler and he oh, sent me back in time? The time fiddler, yeah. Yeah, I ended up on the set of a Chaplin movie. That's right. Some dude spotted me in it and the film footage and posted it on YouTube. <gasps> People freaked out at first, but then they got sceptical. I mean, time travel is impossible, right? So, thankfully, the damage I did was limited. I'll be proper careful next time. But before I could visit the time fiddle again, some of my own work had come to fruition. I believed I discovered the lost city of Atlantis. That's right, Tucker. <laughs> He's like John, what's his face? John Craven. <laughs> Off news round. Yeah. According to my calculations, it's off the west coast of Ireland. Of course it is. <laughs> just off the west coast of Ireland. Just handy like. You see, among the... Uh, I... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> problem I spray coordination to mouth negative calm down Tucker you see I discovered the ancient Irish count among their ancestors a race of tall white people called the Tua de Danan which means the children of Danu now legend has it that their homeland called Tirnanaug sank beneath the sea the big cheese of the Tua de Danan was a sea god called Mananan MacLear. <laughs> he owns a golden spear called Crown Buida, which in English is yellow tree, which sounds like a branch tip or trident. So, sounds like the king of Atlantis to me, and Tirnanog is Atlantis. Alright! <laughs> the Irish locate the land of Tirnanog as being in the northern islands of the world, which in my calculations is in the northern hemisphere, above the line of the equator on the Celtic shelf. Specifically, they locate Tirnanog as being off the west coast of Ireland and extending northward. It was time for me to visit the west coast of Ireland. Chuckers on the move! I hired a small boat, and using my compass and my map, I sailed towards the location. Hastily, I put on my diving gear, and swam deep, as deep as I could. Down I went, down into the inky blackness, but I could see nothing. Maybe I was wrong, maybe there was no Atlantis. 
but at least I tried. Then, suddenly, an object flashed past me. What? I got scared. Was it? Was it a shark? No. Only basking sharks would be in these waters, so I was safe enough. Sunbathers! Then, something struck me hard in the back of the skull, <gasps> and I lost all consciousness. When I awoke, I was surrounded by semi-naked men with tridents. It was like were they naked, like <laughs> naked on the bottoms or the tops? We it need was, to know. It was like being on stage at a Kylie concert. On oh, the cocks, yeah. None of these guys looked like Patrick Duffy. <laughs> By the way, I just threw in that seventies TV reference yeah. for Tony. I see. I know he thinks it was all better than today's stuff. Is that right, it's all. Ah, Tony, yeah, there with the brown tinted mind. You see <laughs> Brown tinted underpants <laughs> as well at the moment. <laughs> You're feeling the police. <laughs> at the top of the room was a man sat on a throne made from the shell of a pearl. It was King Poseidon of Atlantis. I don't believe it, I said. There is an Atlantis. Indeed, my son, there is, replied Poseidon. Unfortunately, now you have found us, we can't allow you to leave. We have lived undetected by the land dwellers for thousands and thousands of years, and we want to keep it that way. A few have accidentally stumbled upon us in the past, although I must say you are the first one to have deliberately made this way here. Do not worry, Atlantis can supply you with whatever you desire. You can lead a comfortable life here. What is your desire, son? I was speechless. They wanted to keep me here forever. I was trapped. A woman. That is what you need. A woman. Bellowed Poseidon. Atlas, Eumelis, take him to the house of Aphrodite. Two guards grabbed me under each arm and dragged me away in my still soggy wetsuit. Tucker was wearing a wetsuit, was he? Laking on which half though? It was a stunning kingdom. Why are you locking those things over? Can you say it? Oh, fuck, yeah. Hold it in. Fuck, I have. It was a stunning kingdom, brightly lit and full of tall buildings and decorated with gold, crystal and multicolored rocks from the ocean bed. We reached the house of Aphrodite and I was flung into a boudoir containing the most beautiful creature I had ever laid eyes on. My name is Nemorita. <laughs> That's very sexy. <laughs> she told me gently, It's Tataka, my name is. I came seeking your kingdom, but now it appears I can't leave. Come here, she said, beckoning to the bed she was laying in. Tell me your story. I sat down on the bed beside her, almost hypnotised by her eyes. She started to unzip my wetsuit slowly down over the bulge of my stomach. <laughs> Fuck this, I said to myself. If I'm going to get stuck in Atlantis, I might as well get my end away. I snapped the wetsuit off the end of my foot and tossed it into the corner <laughs> of the room. I was starting to get a semi-nervous horn. I pulled back the bed covers and slipped beside her. But there was no Fanny. <laughs> she was a fish from the waist down. I jumped back out of the bed. Jesus Christ, I said. It's all salmon and no canyon. I'm no fucking fish fucker. I'm so sorry, Tucker. But with a little imagination, we can still have fun. Sorry, love, but I ain't riding Nemo. I gotta get out of this place. I'm human. I got a life on the dry land. It's a nice place to visit, but I don't want to live here. You're absolutely right. It is cruel of them to expect you to stay here, said Namorita. I can see in your eyes you are a good man. I can show you the way out of here. But you must promise me to never tell anybody that we exist here. Your kind would only end up destroying this place. This is good! Oh, if only she wasn't a fish. I agree now, Marita. It's enough that I know Atlantis exists. I promise it won't go on my website. Then pick me up and I will show you the way out. And oh, 
you will need these. Now, Marita, tossed me home for some tiny whiteies. I pulled them on, grabbed her and followed her directions, which finally led to a giant lift. Atlantis sank beneath the ocean floor, Tucker. Now, Marita explained. By a freak of nature, we are trapped inside a huge air pocket. This lift will take us to a crack overhead that leads back to the ocean. Suddenly, alarm horns had started blaring in the background. They knew I was making a burst for it. An Atlantean guard came rushing at us from the lift area. I kicked him in the balls and grabbed his trident. We ran into the lift and hit a button. As we rode slowly towards the crack, more Atlanteans were racing from the city. At the top, we entered a small cave which seemed to have a ceiling of water. The lift was going back down. You have a head start, Tucker. It will take a while before the others can get the lift back up. But they are strong swimmers. You must take advantage of every second. My Marita explained. You want me to go up there into the water? I was slightly perplexed. But I'll drown before I reach the surface. I have no oxygen. Then she grabbed me and kissed me. All my legs went to jelly. She blew air into me, filling my lungs to bursting with beautiful oxygenated air. Girl. She whispered. Into the water I went, floating up and up. The faint sparkle of Atlantis coming from the crack, fading away slowly. I was swimming up for what seemed like an eternity, when something grabbed my leg. Oh no, it was an Atlantean. Oh Jesus. My blood went to ice. I stabbed him in the eye with a trident. He screamed bubbles and sank back into the darkness. Two more Atlanteans eyed me up and thought better of it and swam away. I swam up and up with no sign of the surface. My lungs were burning. The oxygen my sweet Nemorita had given me was nearly exhausted. I wasn't going to make it to the surface. The pain was terrible. I began to pass out. Then, then I started to see the lights again, just like that time in the lake in Roscommon. Then, blackness. <gasps> I awoke on a fishing boat. Ah, so you're alive, boy. The name is Smiler O'Donovan, and this is my boat. We found you floating in your wee little trunks a half hour ago. Fancy a can of Dutch gold to bring you around? Sorry, Smiler. According to my watch, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Ah, sure, what of it? You're worse than my Polish friend here, not able for the beer. Oh, the eyes roll, you Irish are crazy. You I feel very sick, said the Polish guy before he retched over the side of the boat. Smiler laughed and shook his head. Would you be interested in buying some fresh fish? I was afraid it was going to be a long trip back to dry land. The cold breeze was giving me goosebumps as I stood in my tiny jocks looking out at the sea. I couldn't stop thinking about now Marita. Maybe I would return to Atlantis one day. I just needed a better plan. When I got back to the car anyway, I had a text message on my phone from the Time Fiddler. It was something really cool, which I'll tell you about next, next time. time. See you later. Taka. P.S. Finding Atlantis was one of my wildest dreams come reality. So please, could you play me some Iron Maiden? <laughs> Fuck you, the maiden. You have no choice, Tony. You must play the maiden. <laughs> Okay, thanks a million for that letter, Tucker. Excellent. It was like a mini movie. I think we should create a trailer for that letter. Right? So good, mate. Good, well, yeah, yeah. In case you're wondering, this is the Friday Rock Show. <laughs> live from the Gibbler's so Bell. Tucker's Raider. Devin Muir. Live from the Gibbler's Bell. Yes. Next to the Big Fat Telescope. And our special guest tonight on the programme was Professor Mox. And now we're going of to... Of Debrini's. <laughs> so we're going to go back into Debrini now. He's still in the lecture hall trying to convert more people to science. <laughs> and make them forget about the wicked religion. This is the timeline of the Big Bang, the timeline of the universe. Now, we know that it began around 13.7 billion years ago. Back there, I we should be down the back of the class. The Big Bang. Um, we know that when it began, it was really a formless 
unimaginably hot ball of not even matter. In fact, we think that all the forces of nature were merged together. There were no particles as we know them today. But as the universe continued to cool and expand, then we think that the particles that we're made of and the forces that we're familiar with today crystallised out. And one of the most important moments was something, I've got a fancy name, called electroweak symmetry breaking. It's the point when mass entered the universe for the first time, when things got substance well, for the first mass time. In years. Just back there, about a billionth of a second after the Big Bang. And we're investigating that in the Large Hadron Collider CERN in Geneva. We then know that the universe continued to cool and expand. After around about a second, then the familiar particles that make up the atomic nuclei of stars and planets and us, the protons and neutrons, formed in the universe. We know that after about three minutes, around there, there was hydrogen and helium in the universe, the first two, the simplest chemical elements. The universe then continued to expand and cool, and after about 350 to 400,000 years, the universe was cold enough and diffuse enough for electrons to go into orbit around the hydrogen and helium nuclei to form atoms. At that point, the universe became transparent for the first time. Light could travel through the universe, and amazingly, we can detect that light now as it rains down on the Earth with something called the cosmic microwave background radiation. The universe then continued to expand and cool, but pulled them up to gravity to plug matter together into stars and planets and galaxies. And this is the age of the universe that we now live in. It's called the Stelliferous Era, the age of the stars. Stelliferous Era. Like here. Then, in the book, we continue onwards into the far future. Actually, to the point in the future when we think all the stars will have gone and even black holes will have evaporated away. And here's the amazing thing. If I carry on this sheet of paper, this background, and I went into the far future to, to find the most distant thing we can talk about with any certainty, something that happened 10 to the power 100 years in the future, then this background would not fit in the universe. <laughs> Brady Moxter, everybody. Brady Moxter. Thank you, very Brady Moxter. He's he's good, but I don't think he's quite as good as that Professor Brian Cox lad now. <laughs> but you know, he's good. The end of the show. That just about wraps up tonight's show. <laughs> live from the Jibbler's Bell. That's it. We've loved every minute of it. We've enjoyed gazing at the stars and playing some fantastic rock music and reading you some 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 really good letters. Tonight. Actually, tonight we had a good bash. Yeah. The standard of contribution has been a one. And I think we've time for one more song, do we? We do, yeah. Especially from John from earlier on. It's Pink Floyd. Not loud, John.
Because he did another team. I was just... Too much. Oh, too much. Oh, too much. One day when he's alone, the bathroom is looking at the ground. Oh, he's looking at the ground. Oh, he's looking at the Yeah, you can't beat a bit of Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd! Bringing the Friday Rock Show to a close once more. Climactically so, we urge ourselves to the wall. That's it. Good night. Woo! That's it. That's the end of the Friday Rock Show. We're Live done. from Gibbler's Bell. Yes, it's a Friday Rock Show. All the letter writers, Peter Farrer, Kate Maiden, Sinead, Jagger, Tucker. And me. And you. I'd like to thank Karen for contributing. And um, Professor Fulvio Max. We will talk to you again soon, don't worry. But for now, we're going to go right into the night. Everyone's gone out to the Stargate. We're going to crack open a few cans. We're going to look up in the clear night sky and ponder the meaning of our existence. Yes, indeed. I hope your mind has been expanded. And I hope you got to listen to some good music too. And heard some really funny letters. We'll see you again soon, headbangers. See ya. Bye. I'd like to talk to you about my big black hole.